You're listening to Dead Air Podcast, part of SplatterPictures.net. What's up, everybody? Wes, Dead Air Nipe here with always Lydia and 28 Days Later Peaver. Wow, you got a new name and everything. Well, I got a new name on the most recent episode of, well, second most recent episode of Bind Torture Cast. So did, I figured, did you really? Oh, yeah. All right, crazy. Well, maybe you listen to it and you'll have, you'll have a fun earful. It's in the intro, so you don't have to go far. Well, all right, as long as it's not far into the episode i basically just skip ahead to see if anyone mentions me and then i turn off the episode you're such a dick (laughs) today's show we're going to be doing the 2002 post-apocalyptic horror classic 28 days later it is a classic and jesus 2002 you say 2002 wow i was uh, i was still in high school that's wild (laughs) in diapers or something that's what i expected (laughs) 2002 it doesn't seem that long ago and watching it you know it really has aged very 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 well i agree i agree in this point in our lives in the world we're we're cell phone obsessed and all all this kind of shit you whatever fuck millennials but you wouldn't have that because it's instantly taken away by the fact that they have no electricity they have nothing and they don't think that there's a world outside of the UK. So it, it doesn't seem weird that no one has a cell phone. And if they have no power, how would any of these fucking things be charged anyways? So it's good. It's good. It's good. But um, this was a Lydia pick. If, or was this a fan request? This was a Lydia pick. This was right? a Lydia pick to sort of like bring us back a little bit in from all of these infection films. And, mm-hmm. and I, I wouldn't say that any of them weren't necessarily dead air specific style movies. Like every movie that we've covered in this little jaunt of infection films has definitely fit our milieu but i feel that this fits a little bit better closer into splatter pictures granted we'll be moving into a splatter pictures picture mm-hmm. very very soon but this has been super fun and i couldn't ignore my ultimate all-time favorite infection film out of all of them mm-hmm. and of all this time like we've gone and we flirted with the term zombie yeah. Uh, throughout this, but we haven't covered like a zombie film. Mm-hmm. They've been infection films. And this is one of those ones that people will even argue about. If somebody will say, oh, 28 Days Later is my favorite zombie film. And then purists get all like yeah. fucking... I mean, there are some fundamental differences from the dead that we would be familiar with. Mm-hmm. When For those of you who don't know, welcome to horror. The difference primarily between the reason why people say when they say rage zombie this is inaccurate is be and and zombie purists when we're talking about zombie purists we're not talking about people watching white zombie we're not talking we're talking about romero rules yes we are talking specifically about romero rules they are not fast they are dying they are continuously dying they are decaying they become more decayed over time and they eat flesh and you typically speaking past the infection through that. And it doesn't really matter how much of you is left, provided your brain has survived, you will be a zombie. These are, generally speaking, the walking corpses that people are talking about. 28 Days Later introduced people to 
a fucking revolutionary concept. Fast zombies, motherfucker. Fast zombies. And this film is in this early bit that people wonder how zombies for a while, about almost 10 full fucking years, were everywhere. They were the flavor, the the soup du jour of horror. I'm just picturing that zombie in the well from the fucking Walking Dead, and that's a soup du jour. <laughs> that is a soup du jour, the stinky soup du jour. When zombie films were at their zenith, when Romero was making his whatever, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, and then into the 80s, Day of the Dead, I mean, there was big gaps in between that. Then what we have, we had uh, Tom Savini did a remake of Dawn of the Dead in the early, uh, excuse me, of Night of the Living Dead in the early 1990s. And even then, the character of Barbara is constantly mocking the fact that these zombies are slow. They're slow as shit. <laughs> the slowest molasses going uphill. We don't have to worry about why are we hiding in this farmhouse? Let's go. That's the that's the, the, the that's the movie to me. And we can outrun them. That's yeah. yeah. And so we don't have to worry about it. And so in that sense, it almost put the final nail in the coffin about the zombie genre, in my opinion. I, I think the remake is quite good, but I also think that the zombies were clearly in severe eclipse. And then all of a sudden, you have 28 Days Later, and then the Resident Evil franchise came right on the heels of that. Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies were out. Um, the, the, the Zombie Survival Guide and Max Brooks did World War Z. And then... It's they're just everywhere. Yeah, people sort of like became emboldened when it was like, oh, infection film slash zombies. Between those two things, we can really do fucking anything with these creatures. Mm -hmm. And coming up on an episode of Bind Torture Cast, I'll be covering Wormwood. So if you want to see what people are doing with like pretty pure zombies, but that slash infection, like wanting to do something different, Mm -hmm. not following the Romero rules explicitly, Mm -hmm. although those are still fun too. Mm-hmm. I get a, I get a kick out of zombie movies at the same time I'm tired of zombie movies. Mm-hmm. So this really, you know, scratched that itch. Yeah, yeah. I think that when it comes to zombie films, infection films, whatever, sometimes I feel like I am tired of them until I see one that I really like. Exactly. And then I'm not tired of it anymore. And 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 I think that's kind of true for any of our tried and true monsters that have been around going on a fucking century, at least in cinema. And the same thing about, I mean, it, it kind of seemed for a little while there, vampires were really, really big because they were making a lot of money. And then I was, oh my God, I'm so sick of vampires. And I love vampires. And I was like, I'm so sick of this fucking thing. I need it to go away. Then I start seeing vampire movies that I actually really liked. And 30 Days of Night hits and you're yeah, like, th- I and, love and, vampires and then I'm just <laughs> And then I'm saying, this is what I'm fucking talking about. 30 Days of Night, Daybreak, all these really cool uh, vampire flicks. Um, and, and, and again, when zombie movies turn to be profitable, they give Romero a boatload of money and he comes out with Land of the Dead. And so zombie purists could have their master of zombies back and in a big budgeted movie in a way that we hadn't seen in years. Yeah. No one was going to be handing Romero that kind of money to make a fucking zombie movie. It was unheard of. But after a little bit of interest, then that was just bliss for Mm -hmm. zombie fans. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, zombie films are inexpensive to make. They don't cost much to do because the special effects, you can get away with pretty inexpensive special effects, depending on how far along the infection is, right? 28 Days Later comes out. And 
Man, was this movie huge. The buzz I heard for years before we even got a sniff of this fucking film. So many people were stealing it off of torrenting sites because it was impossible to get over here. And the buzz was, this was like very early internet buzz too. Mm -hmm. So it was like horror movie fans and, and torrent site uh, aficionados that were getting into this over here anyway but it was hitting newspapers like the mainstream news was reporting on what a great film this was mm-hmm. from the uk mm-hmm. and that's the sort of buzz that you just can't get these days because everything just ends up on some blog or facebook right so mm-hmm. but to see that sort of spread an infectious spread mm-hmm. if you will from the uk of uh, this film was remarkable to me And I did end up seeing it before it was released here. But then, of course, immediately I saw the sequel in theater because I was such a fan of this. I had purchased it as soon as I could when it came out over here. Uh, It was, yeah, I was that big of a fan of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when I was in in my school days, this film was a film that kids were talking about in the hallway. Yeah. It was fucking massive. And the conversation will always be, Hey, you like that horror stuff? I saw a horror movie. You see that 28 Days Later? Did you like that 28 Days Later? Man, that movie scared me. That's fucking crazy. I didn't see it immediately, but when I did, not to sound like a contrarian, did not care for it. Which is crazy to me in a way, especially watching it today because I haven't asked you yet if you enjoyed watching it again today because you haven't seen it since you weren't that impressed by 28 days later that's true generally speaking listeners if i don't like a film i don't bury it forever i always i always go into every film with my best foot forward i can't wait to love this movie every movie i don't care give me a wes anderson picture fine whatever I've never seen a Wes Anderson movie, which is a point of contention to some people that I know. But not Lydia. She could give a shit. I I don't know who Wes Anderson is. You're the only Wes I know, Wes. (laughs) The only Wes that you should know. The only Wes that matters. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But when I saw this, this film, I just could not stand what I thought was the last half. Now, watching it again, I realize it's the last 30 minutes. The whole last 30 minutes? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I just the the it was the soldier stuff. I just didn't care. I didn't care about this. I I was at that point where I understand that what we do with zombies is we show the collapse of a civilization. Who in times of apocalypse rises in power? What does that do to people? What becomes truly important to us when money no longer spends? When water and food, sex become important things to people. Um, But to me, I just wanted zombies and I just wanted people killing zombies. And honestly, when I, the first time I saw 28 Days Later, what I liked the best about it was the whole opening 15 minutes where he's just kind of wandering around the city calling hello and you just see the garbage blowing around. You see a bus turned over. You said you would like a whole film of that, right? And I'm fucking serious. And, and, I really find that shit interesting. Maybe it's because I grew up in a city. Maybe it's because I'm so used to hustle and bustle and seeing people everywhere. And it's so, so nice those times when you walk out and you see nobody. And and I will be lying if I am not. I th- It's fucking batshit crazy. I think that I offhandedly think about this movie 
multiple times a week since I've seen it because I did not forget a fucking beat of this flick. I did not. I remembered entire lines. Mm-hmm. I remembered every sequence and I remembered all of it. And I, and I said, oh my God, I think about this all the time. I think about the blood going into my eye all the time. Every time I'm walking to work and it was really early in the morning and there was no cars on, coming in either side, I would look around both ways and in my head I'd be like, hello. <laughs> when you see a giant pile of shopping carts. When I see sh- shopping carts at my work and, and shit like that, I think about the, the scene where they're crawling on top of it. I think about you have no fat on your body and, and you've had sugar and you're crashing so you have a headache. I think about how I would idly think about how long does it take water to stagnate? You know, that guy said that a lot of the water was stagnating when it was on the roof if it wasn't evaporating. And so I would think about that all the time in my own zombie survival brain plan that we all fucking do when we're bored. And 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 I would start incorporating... every day when they get dressed for work. I mean. <laughs> Better take this just in case society is about to collapse. So even though at the time I did not like this movie, it is undeniable how effective this film is. And I am telling you now, for the first time, Lydia doesn't know, you might be able to guess... Watching this movie now, this movie is fucking great. Okay. I had a feeling, because by the end of it, I'm like, if he's going to turn around and be like, yep, still not feeling it, I would be floored (laughs) and wonder if there's something, like, as the wiring in my brain off and countless others who are huge fans of this, Mm -hmm. um, or... You know, what? what is it? What is that secret sauce of Wes that I'm missing that I'm just not getting? Because... Yeah, it is a striking film. And when you were saying, like, yeah, I remember this, yeah, I remember that, I'm like, okay, maybe someone can have a film that ingrained in them and speak to them that loudly and not like it still. You know, I think I'm, I can't front to you or the audience and be uh, and just dig my heels in and say, no, I said I didn't like this movie and I can't like this movie. Only broken people behave like that. Right. Yeah. I, and, and so I, I can't. I, I was watching this movie and I said, I don't know what it was. I, I don't know. Was it was the young me uncomfortable with the idea that these women had become commodities? Could be. That, I remember that being making me uncomfortable when I first saw it, but did that make me not like it? Some people have this, this thing in them that has maybe been a little bit reprogrammed where if the very end of the film doesn't please them, they sort of tend to write it off. I've it's, met a lot of really... You know, learned film fans that I would listen to their film theory on a lot of things, but there's so many films that they don't like because they don't like the end. That is, you know, me and a couple of my, uh, one of my friends were talking about this not too long ago, how so many people, it's all or nothing. Yeah. And and so much so with film. Maybe you had a day like that. Yeah, maybe I did. And, and, and I just, I was so wrong about this movie and 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 looking back on it i I said yes this is that is a plot line in the film but it is not exploitative it's not gratuitous it's not even that long it represents a very small portion of this film and it's fairly vague that i think that until the time when they're getting into party dresses someone could be like whoa wait what are they trying to do (laughs) yeah what are they trying to do Mm -hmm. and and i and i said even the most yeah because again i was i also one thing that i remembered inaccurately was i thought these soldiers were way bigger yahoos than they actually were Mm -hmm. they're pretty fucking Oh, there's a few like, that are pretty boys club. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And, and again, like the weekend warriors, right? Yeah. They were probably, 
emergency the the entire They're all grunts yeah yeah the, the the entire place was declared like a state of emergency so every fucking couch potato soldier that's not a career soldier would have been get your uniform on you, you got to go be part of this blockade and so that explains that there was really only in my opinion two career soldiers in that group of nine men yeah and yeah weston farrell yeah basically yeah yeah, the yeah. rest were just just grunts. So like you said, weekend warriors. Yeah. So yeah. So I I mean I I definitely was wrong, and, and I think that if um now even thinking back on it, my fucking argument doesn't even make sense. Why I wouldn't? But again, that is just the the headspace. Two thousand and two, I was eighteen years old when this film came out, so I was just a different type of person you could have been looking for something completely different in your horror too you might yeah. have been this is too heady this is too much about the people or um mm-hmm. you know you maybe didn't believe the arc maybe you weren't such a big killian murphy fan which <laughs> i was maybe maybe not I, I, and i think i guess really what i was always looking for with the undead and i've said this but i think i said this in the previous episode what I was always looking for was a teeming horde of zombies. And because to me, the scariest thing about zombies, however, whatever motif you want to, whatever your politics you want to place upon what the undead represent to you, is irrelevant to me. It is the hopelessness of this enemy. And what you're up against is this, insurpassable. Yeah. I, I was, you do not have enough bullets. You, you you do not have enough energy. You will never find enough food. You will never find a place safe enough. There's there are too, too many of them and they're everywhere. Right. And and it, it, you find a party. And that's just assuming that the the other humans you find haven't just descended into like a feudal warlord system. We've gone totally Lord of the Flies or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Exactly. So you can never really feel safe at all. And even some of the... Like and I hate using the word horde for this because there really aren't any. No, no. Even the the roving packs. It's more like roving packs of zombies aren't that large and could be overpowered if you were really lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, and I was even surprised. There's one scene, of course, uh, one of the pivotal, most tense scenes where you hear them coming and after seeing it like at least five times, I think in my lifetime, five or six times. I still expect a larger horde. A yeah, horde you, your that... your brain starts to change it. There's a few times in this that not necessarily brain change it, but you still expect things that you know aren't coming. Yeah. And it's a very weird feeling. Uh, mm-hmm. So many zombie films have tainted us, I think, yeah. that we'll be watching something like this that we already know, but we're, we're expecting something different. We're not expecting them to be able to sleep anywhere overnight in the in the open. Mm-hmm. We're not expecting them to be able to go into a grocery store or building without getting overrun mm-hmm. or without losing one of their lives. Mm-hmm. We're just so used to that. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to blame The Walking Dead. I'm going to end up blaming The Walking Dead for lots of stuff as we talk probably. <laughs> but they're just a convenient scapegoat. Yeah. I think that's what's undeniable is how much 28 Days Later has influenced every zombie film and including the 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 walking dead from this point forward from 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 2002 forward this is undeniably the fucking barrel of gasoline that got poured over the little minuscule ashes left in the zombie genre 
I mean, yes, people can talk about, you know, Resident Evil was churning out sequels for 15 years and people go and see those movies. Yes, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead remake also did the fast zombie things. But I mean, you can't, but for fuck's sake, Resident Evil has a plot line in one of the films that is literally lifted from this. The, the answer to infection is a line from a Resident Evil movie that came out after this. Mm-hmm. And the idea about going towards this pre-recorded message, right? I mean, The Walking Dead, it's undeniable. The entire opening, the, the pilot episode. And this is not something that's new information to me. And you, we had talked oh, about yeah. it when we were watching it. When we first saw the first episode of The Walking Dead, it's fucking identical. It is. And even so, you still hesitate to be like, this is a ripoff. But it's not ripped off, but it is. But it's like, well, how else would you describe this? And what better way to start an introduction as your audience and your main character to what has happened? It's just a very tantalizing and convenient way to keep a body safe and out of reach of the horde and and sleep through it. Mm -hmm. Sort of like a Rip Van Winkle sort of way. And then they come to and awake to this so you don't have to go through zero day zero day gets to be told to you which is a, a great way i love that you get to hear all the zero day stories yeah i like it, i like that it's interesting but walking I'm, dead kind of hits the ground running though for being such a long-running show it sounds funny to say yeah and that they're walking dead. yeah but like they do hit the ground running because the, the action and the attacks start very, very quickly. Where this, you get 15 minutes in before he even encounters his first rager. Yeah, more than like almost 20 minutes. It's pretty cool. And I, I yeah, I, I don't remember anybody saying it when The Walking Dead came out. I did. Loud. Yeah. Over and over. Really? Yeah. Really? But no one cared. Yeah. Yeah. It's like pissing in the rain. Punching someone in the dark. <laughs> Yeah, and it is all a victimless crime because no one cares. Everyone was so taken with uh, mm. The Walking Dead. And, of course, they have their trump card, I suppose, of like, well, I read all the comic books. And it's like, oh, that doesn't mean fuck all. But it, it was so very, 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 very similar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But moving away from that, what is this movie even about fucking anyways, Lydia? It's about resource management, like most apocalyptic films. <laughs> What? You're laughing at me. I'm laughing at you. both sensible shoes. Yeah. Dressing for, you know, the journey. Right. Being very diligent about who you have and what you have with you. Right. Booze will weight you down. Gasoline is gold. You know, stuff like that. That's gotcha. what it's about. It's about resource management. Hmm. Whether your resources be human cattle, like the army men want to have those women as their resource. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's about resources. Yeah, yeah. I think that looking at the overall message of the movie, it's hard to argue. But I guess it's it's all about just trying to... To me, the, the big message that I pulled away from this movie is that if you think the world is fucked, that information doesn't really help you. So when you look at the grand scheme of things, everything seems irrelevant. And what are we even trying to do here? But when you zero in on smaller things the small things that can leave you joy look there's irradiated apples look they still have each other look oh the way that people go gaga over twinkies in zombie land yeah right it's yeah, the, yeah exactly it's that it's the little things i would just you know if if coffee yes coffee is is one of those little things that i would look forward to in a zombocalypse but 
those little things would wear thin pretty fucking fast. And it's the big things like the jetliner in the sky. Mm-hmm. That's when he finally can convince Selena that it's not all fucked. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. maybe the moral of this whole story is that it's not all fucked. But yeah. like, because that line is pretty hard hitting. The most hard hitting line, though, in all of that is Selena saying about Hannah, I don't want to have, I don't want her to have to fucking cope. Because the idea is like, well, you'll cope, you know, we'll, we'll get through this. We'll all cope. And it's like, no, we won't all cope because we got the fucking Twinkies and irritated apples or whatever. You know, that will wear thin and we'll be at each other's throats before you know it. Mm-hmm. When Jim wakes up in the hospital, the first thing that strikes me is the fact that... He's naked. <laughs> you do see some wiener. Yeah. But you know what? This is a British film, and they're not going to shy away from dongs. You know, if this was made in the United States, they would say, a man's penis? They would have had a little little towel over his oh, penis. absolutely. And there would have been some strategically placed something. Tubing. Tubing. You might see a little bit of his butt, and that's yeah. going to be all you're going to see. But no, And he- there would have been titties. Titties till the end of the fucking days. Oh, not yeah. Not just, like, naked, ragered titties, either. Yeah, yeah. There'd just be... There'd have been a sex scene. They would have fucked. They would have totally fucked. Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. A couple times. Sweet. I, they're, they're fucking as they're killing ragers? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. That I, sounds about American enough. I'd watch that. If we're both wearing cowboy hats. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. But, no, um, what is it that's striking about the beginning other than... Cillian Murphy's um, I think body. what what's striking about the beginning of this film is how quickly they get things going with the 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 rager scene. We we get our we get all the information we need in less than 5 minutes. From monkeys. From monkeys, yeah, right? Cuz they are the best source of information. But yeah, it's they're infected with rage. That's mm-hmm. all we know. It gets out. That's all you need to know. Yeah. There's no questions. They're, they give you all of the answers right at the beginning. The effects of the infection are laid out immediately. Mm-hmm. And then they immediately go to work with showing what it would be like to wake up with very little understanding about what happened. It would be disorienting enough. Oh, yeah. To I'm wake surprised up. he could walk after so many days in a coma. Right. And he's going to deliver a package. He's a, he's a delivery guy, yeah, uh, a bike courier. Car. And wakes up, and immediately we have these great scenes that really establish isolation. And I think that's what I like so much about moments like this in zombie films where they are wandering around and they see the remnants of what used to be the bustling streets of London, now completely vacant, trash blowing about. And you start to pull... And and what my brain immediately starts to do is I see a turned-over chair... And I start thinking, oh, did someone trip over it? Did one of these ragers knock over the chair? What's the story? Why is this here? And why will it likely be here like this forever? Right? I mean, we don't know exactly where the movie's going by the time it's over. And by the time the sequel comes around, we know that they have rebuilt. But we don't know that now. And so I, I, and I don't know why I always do this, but I do. And just him wandering through the streets, I find this so fucking entertaining. Yeah. And I, I, I love it. I love it. And then immediately when he gets to the church and he sees these, what do you think it is? It's 
do you think that they all committed some kind of like mass suicide or did they all get in there and just get beaten to death or looks partially like that or it could be um like there's not a lot of people in the streets so people went to places yeah and to hear a character later on describe what happens when people go to places with a plan i guess people maybe went to the church with a plan mm-hmm. uh it very well could be a suicide pact though of the whole congregation or whoever had, happened to wander in at the time mm-hmm. or it could have been a rager or two just ruin that idea with a bunch of people huddling on mass inside of a church mm-hmm. get one rager in there and it would spread so goddamn quickly mm-hmm. yeah that is what is really fun about this film you have what they say 10 30 seconds 10 to 20 seconds 20 seconds even worse before this infection spreads and i remember thinking at the time when i first saw this this picture wow that is fucking fast yeah i had never seen anything that had affected somebody so quickly one thing i do like about this infection though is that you can tell immediately once somebody's being infected mm-hmm. just the look in their eye and mm-hmm. that's they they go back to that and we get so used to that that we're not really looking for the red eyes we're not looking for them to start doing the little herky-jerky motions that the ragers make we can just tell when they look pissed off because everyone looks either worried or complacent throughout mm-hmm. the entire film mm-hmm. very they're they're keeping calm and they're yeah. keeping on but then the minute that this rage takes hold of them they they will yell and get, look cross that's all they need to do is look cross and that's all it would take to get yourself beheaded mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now when jim encounters the people the ragers of the church that's when they finally see that holy fuck there is a lot of people chasing him he knows he's in danger he fucking whips his pop cans at the father and then he's out of there and then he gets rescued. Thank a- God. By the Molotov cocktail whippers. Hell yeah. I would do this so bad. Like, I often think in zombie films, like, you would sit there and think about how beautiful the city would be so quiet. And you just like to see somebody strolling around and encountering, like, parks full of dead people. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah basically. Yeah, empty grocery stores is probably your dream. Oh, my God. I love empty grocery stores. Are you kidding me? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I kind of like the idea of, like, marooned cruise ships that have pulled up on shore on a public beach or like airliners through buildings and stuff like that like a more of an animation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. version of the post-apocalypse just watching basically shit falling immediately apart yeah planes literally falling out of the sky yeah ships just running aground Some basically. like legend the overfiend sort of inspired stuff probably mm-hmm. from my youth but um I, I also think about what fun games you could play. And not just taking pot shop like this celebrity matchup game of, of shooting zombies in the zombie horde, which is hilarious. Yeah. But I like this Molotov cocktail whipping thing where you mm-hmm. just set a zombie on fire from afar and watch it run into a gas station. That is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I'm mm-hmm. not usually a big explosions Michael Bay type girl, but I love that scene. Yeah, you did. You were You were excited i would i would hesitate to say well it's hilarious it's like headless chicken races but way better yeah yeah man yeah. now we're already seeing some differences between these ragers and our traditional zombies first things first they can die via regular means they can seem to be able to feel pain you hit a zombie in the face with pop cans you're not going to knock him ass over a tea kettle You'll hit it in the head and, and it'll keep, go, yeah, and it'll keep going forward, <laughs> yeah. right? Now they do <laughs> light these guys up like candles, and then they are running around, but they and they still are keeping that forward momentum. 
They run about as much as a normal human body would run on fire if they yeah. really felt the need. Yeah, absolutely. And then we're introduced to our survivor characters that let Jim in on some information. It's Selena and Mark. We get a little bit of the information there, too, just about not going anywhere alone. Travel mm-hmm. in twos, and if you have to travel in twos, travel only in the daytime. Mm-hmm. Because it's the only time that you're safe. Mm-hmm. That these are just things they've learned. And we do get a few more of these little rules of the way that people are conducting themselves and what the rules and the affection are as we go along. Uh, but we get a little bit of background from Mark. Not a lot. A little bit of background from Selena, but even less. She reminds me a lot of Michonne. Yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she's fantastic in this. Naomi Harris. I fucking love her character in this movie. And it's funny that I didn't appreciate it as much when I was younger. But now I, she just looks like so fucking badass in so many scenes. And really takes charge. She has a very nihilistic view of everything. But in all fairness, that's what's made her a survivor. Very realistic. Very realistic. Very harsh. I think what I like, I could almost vision, I could almost envision myself more as Jim because he's trying to keep something. He's never lived the last 28 days later. He was asleep for it. And so that hardening doesn't really happen until later because he starts off with this attitude of oh i'm not going to give up on my humanity and i'm going to still do the right thing and i feel like that's the type of person i would want to be i don't know it's nice that they sort of entertain him because when he decides he wants to go and see if his parents are okay i i would be i would be even harder on him than selena i'd be like look they're dead there's no point yeah no fucking point and Mm -hmm. if zombie movies have taught me anything is that don't go home don't don't just don't go home mm-hmm. you know what if anyone at quote unquote home has made it you'll find them someday if this ever does become unfucked but don't just don't go there no they're not waiting for you to rescue them like mm-hmm. <laughs> really it's just gonna be sad mm-hmm. and that's what we get a nice dose of sad a nice dose of sad a stinky funky dose of sad his parents took pills and swallowed a bottle of wine and drifted off into dreamland they left him a note i don't know if they ever thought that he would read it i don't think so but i figured he was done for he was uh rager food yeah and so they said we left you sleeping and so we're gonna sleep with you don't wake up that's the note and it's funny i did remember that that was read out loud but i guess it's just it wasn't so maybe you read it out loud <laughs> maybe i read it out loud uh, that would be interesting. I liked it, and I liked the idea that, like, they would have the mother would have been that sentimental of a person to have wanted to die along with a photo of their son, as if they would would be all together. But it doesn't strike me as cloyingly sentimental. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we see that Jim is in his house, and this is what leads to the demise of one of his rescuers because he's holding a candle. It's nighttime. These things. I don't. I can't tell if they don't like light, and but are also attracted to light, because I don't really understand why it would be more safer in the daytime. It, I would just assume that it's because your visibility, yeah, is, I don't, at, is at its peak. I don't think that they necessarily react to light. They're running out of things to do and people to kill. Mm-hmm. quite quickly too um because they're not superhuman right no. and they do they are running out of steam it seems um i think that they're just they're 
not attracted to light like a moth is attracted to light. They're attracted to light because the same way a pure a person would be attracted to light. Like mm-hmm. that means there's humans there. I think the same way that they're attracted to Christmas lights in a window later on. It's just that they know that somebody's there. Mm-hmm. They seem to have some of their faculties. They can't. Re- they can't. I'm not saying that they use tools and they can really communicate with each other, but they recognize things. Yeah. They seem to recognize things. In a way that traditional zombies or even other ragers, even other infected, take the characters from Rabbit and shit like that. Have you ever been angry and look around for something to hit or something to smash or something? Yeah, sure. I mean, I've definitely been angry, not puke blood angry, but I've definitely lost my temper here and there. And I think that I, I think that's what it is, right? You were just so overcome by anger, you're in this fucking weird state where you can't think rationally, but you are somewhat in control and i would almost wonder what it's like you know later on we have a character infected looking at its reflection in the mirror and i'm almost getting a sense that it recognize it first it knows it's a reflection it's recognizing itself and can recognize that it's infected and it's like coming to grips with the fact that it is recognizing itself as an infected person and then it just goes off to do rage things. <laughs> to do rage things. I yeah. was wondering where you're going to go with that. And that's exactly what happens. It only lasts a, a few seconds mm-hmm. where we're getting this sort of like, you know, when a cat looks in a mirror, that's about all you get. You get like, what is it to be a cat? <laughs> I don't know. Toddle off. You know, that's about it. Yeah. Um, but like, this reminds me a lot of the David Moody series. And it started with the David Moody book, Hater. And Hater is... Another thing where you could say 28 days later was, um, and it was probably concocted around the same time. I'd have to look and see the gestation period for Hater because before it was traditionally published, it was self-published for a long time. Very similar storyline. Mm-hmm. I believe it starts in uh, Ireland or Scotland though, but same same sort of area okay. and exact same sort of storyline where people are infected by rage. And it doesn't start in a hospital. Thankfully, because oh. if it started in a hospital, then I, I'd, all sorts of alarm bells would be ringing. But it's the same sort of thing. And it's not until another, like far, far later in the series, you're in on the other side with these people that are infected. And they can communicate with one another because they're not so far gone. They're just like grunting, squealing and screaming. Mm-hmm. They can still communicate, which makes it almost scarier. Because you've like heard somebody get mad at somebody else and you sort of stop and freeze and you're like, oh shit, is that person going to like hit that person or grab that person? What's that person going to do? It, David Moody does it in a way that you're constantly in that sort of mind frame. I'd love to see it turned into a movie because it would be a lot like 28 Days Later without the without the people being so enraged that they're animalistic. Mm-hmm. They're just enraged like a normal person would be enraged. Mm-hmm. And that's even scarier in a mm-hmm. way. Because they could use tools and communicate. Mm-hmm. But yeah, another really similar. If people are really into this and want to go on the literary angle, instead of reading like an adapted book of 28 Days Later, you can go read the David Moody series. Mm. Yeah, highly, highly interesting. And it does explore the same sorts of things as far as resource management and what the humans do. Mm. But yeah, Mark, Mark gets it because he gets cut while he's in the middle of a skirmish. Yeah, yeah. And he seems to he seems to know that he's infected at least that's what selena says because she fucking hacks him to death yeah 
he's trying to defend himself. He's not quite gone. If he was ever going to turn, do you think he was really infected? Do you, that could have been glass. That could have been a myriad of things that cut him. Hard to say. He was so covered in blood, it was very hard to say. But she would have only had to wait another 10 seconds to be sure. Yeah. But, I mean, at that point, may as well kill him while he's still confused and scared. Before and... he comes at you. Exactly. Which he will do. Like, yeah. it's, that's the thing that she has, like, probably encountered time and time again. You don't give them an inch because they'll take your life. In a heartbeat, like she says, you'll have to kill them in a, in a heartbeat. And she mm-hmm. would kill anyone in a heartbeat because it hits that fast. Yeah, it hits that fast, and then they're instantaneously dangerous. And not only that, but you also... Not only the fact that well, they maul you to death, basically. Because these things don't... It's not that they're eating your flesh. They're not eating brains or anything like that. They'll just beat you to death. They'll twist your head until it breaks. They'll fucking do whatever it takes to kill you. And with their bare hands, which is fucking terrifying. And... Which is probably why there's not so many dead bodies. Like, that's the one thing you're, you know, you can watch this and looking for hordes. You're not going to get mm-hmm. it. And you do get some dead bodies and carcasses here and there. But not as many as you'd think. Because, like, thinking of the population of London, they're just not there. But then thinking about it, like, well, if they're just beating people to death and this can hit within 10 seconds. And as soon as you throw fists and skin breaks takes a lot longer to kill somebody with your bare hands than 10 seconds if something can fight back within 10 seconds with that same power that you're coming at them with there's just there was probably just like balls out fucking fist fights for two days i think yeah crazy and then they all scattered into the trees yeah right and I, I mean, I don't know. They seem like they don't attack other people once they're infected. But the, my main point was was that the infect it's so infectious. A drop of blood. Mm-hmm. It's so infectious. It's so infectious. A drop of blood is all that it's going to take. Forget the fact that it's impossible to get into a melee with these things. Next to impossible to get into a melee with these things without them fucking cutting you without them trying to bite you and guess what even if they don't do any of those things they have projectiles they fucking spit out gushes of blood it's insane my all-time favorite rager attack is the jet puke of blood oh my god that's a downright fierce attack in the parlance of fucking street fighter if it was a fighting game they would just be like like throwing out projectile bloods because that's how we see initially Lots of the uh, our freedom fighters, our animal rights activists, they get infected with puke blood bombs. And we'll see this later on because it's terrible to have these things just straddling you and then just... That's <laughs> so my favorite. I love it very, very much. And they're all covered in fucking blood. So, oh, like, yeah. who knows? Even if they come at you and stick their hand in your mouth, like, you're fucked. You're fucked. Mm-hmm. That's pretty gross. And when Jim kind of realizes now at this point who he's really with. He had never (laughs) seen... That sort of brutality? No. I mean, you're talking about someone who who went to sleep, a bike courier in a a world that was A-OK. And, you know, he had a mom and a dad. And now he's standing... In his house, his kitchen, maybe the, the maybe it's the house they grew up in. His parents are rotting hunks of meat in the bedroom upstairs. Someone has just murdered 
someone else in front of him. His neighbor from four doors down is the person that they've already killed. So right now he's reeling, and he also realizes that Selena is a cold stone killer. I thought you say a stone cold fox. She is a cold stone fox because, man, she always manages to look fantastic, even when she's brutally killing her friend. Yeah, she does. She has great hair for it, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you're ever looking for a good hairstyle for the Zumbocalypse, this is it. You know, style yourself after Selena because she's got it going on. And she knows how to wield a machete, which is probably my favorite weapon of all time. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be her weapon of choice throughout this flick. Mm-hmm. And why not? A good old reliable machete. Mm-hmm. Small handle, gets a little slippery. I'd be at least have a strap around it. Or yeah, a, I would like a style, strap. stylus uh, strap. Especially so no one can take it from you. But oh, we'll yeah. get to that. We'll definitely get to that. Now, when... And this is the other thing that I have to, to definitely say, that a lot of the shit that I was remembering from the movie, I can't believe happens within the first 45 minutes. 30 minutes, honestly. Mm-hmm. The, by the, the 30 minute mark, Mark is gone. It's just Jim and Selena. And they're already marching their way up to the Christmas light beacon, this apartment complex. And I live in an apartment complex. I always think about this. Oh, yeah? I always think about... And it's funny how your life changes and you move to different areas and you do different things and you know different people and you have different jobs. So you always adjust your zombie plan. But I've lived in an apartment building for so long that I'm always about locking down floors, disengaging, making stairwells inaccessible. Oh, so you wouldn't be letting these people up? Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. No. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. Right now, I would want to. Yes, I'm going to be a hero in this and I'm going to help people. I ultimately am a coward and I don't think that I would necessarily stick my neck out for what in Zombieland, don't be a hero. I feel like that would be one of my rules. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're introduced to Frank and Hannah. Frank is huge, burly, and he's in riot gear. I love the introduction to Frank because at first you think, oh, they're saved. It's the military, but it's not. It's just a fella and his daughter, which yeah. is great. Mm-hmm. And you find out that once they're rescued, and yes, they it's a secure place for now. Doesn't seem to be too many ways to get up, although those ragers manage to find their way in. But you hear them coming. You hear them coming, and I mean, they get up via these shopping carts, and it's not the easiest thing to get up. They would have to know you were there, and the ones that knew he was there, Frank killed. So it seems like okay, you know, we can at least rest our heads easy tonight. But of course, there's the reality of the situation that they're running out of food. They are running out of water. They don't have a lot of means to keep themselves going in that location for very much longer. So it's not really the haven that they were hoping for. I think at this point, Selena's not really interested in a haven. She's really just interested in to keep moving. And she doesn't want anything to do with these people. No, but, you know, she would sit there for a minute, let uh, June get shaved, and she would leave any of them in a heartbeat. And she keeps saying this, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't blame her. I really don't blame her because, yeah, it's about resource management and their resources are thin. Who needs who at this point? Um, Frank overhears their conversation about these people need us more than we need them. So be that as it may, they do decide to follow the radio broadcast that Frank yeah. and Hannah have discovered. Mm. One of those emergency radios with a little wind-up thing on it. I love that. I have a crank flashlight and yeah. things like that. They're like I'm, I'm a, not a huge like um, preparedness nut by any stretch of the imagination, mm. but I do like me a good crank radio. 
Hell yeah. You'll be ready for Y2K when it hits. It already did. Oh. Well, be that as it may, Frank's plan is that we can find safety with these soldiers. Hannah even echoes this. The soldiers, at the very least, can protect us. Now, this is a theme that is in lots of apocalypse movies. Yeah. And zombie movies especially, where they are falling back on relying on old power structures. Even to the point of the very, very beginning, one of the first things that Jim is picking up off the ground is money. And whether he knows it or not, you know, once you become pretty much convinced that money is not any good to you, what's going to stop you from still, like, lining your pockets with a little bit of it? Because you're just so used to that. Jim says time and time again things about the government. And he's shot down. There is no fucking government. And he's like, there has to be a government. They're in a bunker or something somewhere. Which he's, you know, could be right, but he could be very wrong. And Mm -hmm. there is no government anymore. So at this point... With them being like, well, the military will save us. Even us as a viewer is beginning to doubt that there's any semblance of a military whatsoever. And Selena points out like they could all be dead by the time we get there. Which is a rightful thing to point out. This is a pre-recorded message that they are basically getting in a crinkly tinkly radio. They don't know anything about where they're going. Now, I'm not saying we should hunker down try to find food, grocery stores, anything that we can, and stay in the city centers. That's preposterous, staying in the city centers. Although you could probably find a lot of fortification, it, it's a numbers game. You're in city centers, and we're eventually going to see what ends up happening to Manchester. There's no telling that that won't happen elsewhere. No, Hannah's the voice of reason. Like, die here or die there. Like, yeah. Let's and, go. And <laughs> so you may as well take a chance. And so they yeah. do. They pack up their car. Seems that Frank was a cab driver in a previous life, a life 20 days later. That's the one thing about this that, it's one of the things about this that makes me, it doesn't ruin anything for me at all. And listen, a lot can change in 28 days. But the hardness, like the steely-eyed, hard-ass nature of Selena and Mark it's to me, it kind of reminds me of when you start a new job and a guy's saying, okay, this is how things work around here. And you find out later that he started four weeks before you. Yeah. And I'm just thinking to myself, you don't know anything. Good God. Good God. Anyways. The so- only thing that really helps foster my believability with Selena is that she could have been working in an ER crash unit for 20 mm-hmm. years. Yeah, so she's we hardened, right? Yeah, know? we don't know too much about her, and she's got nursing skills, so I'm pretty sure she has some sort of like trauma center. Uh, that seems accurate to me. Yeah, she seems to have a pretty good understanding of how the human body works. And Mark tells us his harrowing story about trying to escape in the airport, and that's where he basically confirms people trying to buy their way onto planes to get out of uh, the UK, basically because a state of emergency was ordered, and then. That wasn't even the worst of it, because once things were out of control, it was an evac bug out of a country, a nation, multiple countries. Mm-hmm. That's the, the logistics of that is crazy to me, even though we think of the UK as such a small place. I couldn't imagine. London alone yeah. is so dense. Yeah. So many people living in such a concentrated area. When they have area. to evacuate for forest fires, it takes days. And mm-hmm. it's not necessarily pandemonium, but it is... Um, really hard to get everyone mobilized let alone mobilize an entire island nation 
Yeah. And I don't know how you would possibly think to get to an airplane. I don't, there would be people who would be very lucky, people who were very, let's get out now. The infection spreading is not really beyond the waters. I mean, it could happen if they if people go by boat. The boats wash up onto different areas. Could have. They said it was. Uh, there was cases in New York and Paris. Yeah. It was the last radio transmissions that they had heard, like last news that they had heard. Mm-hmm. It could, it's difficult to pinpoint because it's not that long. And as we've pointed, these ragers are not immortal beings. They are just as vulnerable as we are uninfected. So. Max Brooks' book showed us that the reason why the infection spread all over the world the way that it did was because people would be hiding the fact that their loved ones were infected and the incubation period of this virus was so long that you could do that. You could travel. You try hiding this. You just try. It's impossible. (laughs) It's impossible. So I, I really am under the idea that this would be very containable, but it would be a fucking clusterfuck for the people that are within the containment zone yeah unless those monkeys got out somehow and they had an inhibitor mm. right so they wouldn't be they would be you know like as ragey as a monkey in a cage is but they wouldn't appear to be infected mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that could be part of the problem who knows they don't really get into it who knows world. i would assume that people would would get into boats someone would there would would uh, the the virus would be there already and and by the time the boats drifted to... Crashed in the beach. Crashed into a beach, infected come out of that. Or, I mean, the second one, they're going under the tunnel, right? The That connects... Uh, I can't, can't remember the name of it, but... The channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes yeah. under the English channel to France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's how you, you get them to fucking Europe. And then this thing spreads like wildfire. And now we're basically treated to another moment that I, I very much like. And this is where you get to see Selena sort of softening up and enjoying herself a little bit more reluctantly at first you know frank is frank is fucking thrilled to see people and he is he definitely sees it not as it seems more of this is salvation for hannah less so salvation for me but i'm sure he wants to live too now when he's cracking jokes and stuff like that you can see she's still trying to you know that's not funny whatever make your jokes and she's holding it back this and then ranger town and this I'm is serious lady yeah i'm yeah. serious town and the second she's laughing and having a good time letting herself feel these things feeling safe that's when you die right so she wants to keep that hard edge but it doesn't last long she's playing cards in the back they find a grocery store and man can food really turn people's attitudes upside down and it's another one of those tension breakers after that scene in the tunnel which is just oh, yeah. in Insane with the tension. I love that scene. That's fucking. That's a very, very strong scene. And this is how you do it. You know, people who are interested in making some horror films with with good tension, just have some. Like, just keep doing this type of stuff where it's something simple as changing a tire. How can we do this fast? You have the plague of rats show up, running from the razors to, to let you know coming. that 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 something is coming. And then, so that's your first wave. And then you see the ragers coming, and they're 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 editing it. In such a way that we can't tell at all how close these things are. It seems like they're right on top of you. Well, that's how it was sounded in a tunnel. You know, they did it really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, using that situation and using that particular location, you could have, you know, four dudes 
down around the bend of the tunnel and not be able to see them but hear them and think that there was 20 people coming Mm -hmm. easily especially with the echoes going on um but at this rate just because of the darkness the close quarters the debris in the tunnel the fact they don't know what they're driving toward there's only four of them and they had that flat tire to deal with and they're not even using the jack for crying out loud. Frank is lifting the back of the car, which yeah, is nuts to the, me. His he-man strength. Yeah, but he's right. It's a lot quicker, you know, yeah. and you, you can do it. Like if a, if a girl my size that's maybe a little stronger can lift a smart car, mm-hmm. I guess he can lift a cab. Have you lifted a smart car? I haven't lifted a smart car. Oh. But I've seen a girl that when I was weightlifting was a little bit stronger than I. Right. Because still had similar stats. Can lift a smart car she can push a smart car for like a quarter kilometer or something like that pretty cool see but yeah she could lift a smart car that's crazy mm-hmm. but when this scene is over then we get some moments of peace some tranquility get some gas need that when they do get to this gas station and jim walks off he doesn't really seem to want to follow selena's direction at all he's constantly pissed off about everything she says and honestly, I'm getting this impression that it's just, he's scared of her almost. Scared of her and like also just wants her to maybe relax because he can't say to her like just chill the fuck out for a goddamned minute because yeah. he might get his head cut off with a fucking machete. So yeah, there's definitely that. But there's she, tension between them for sure. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, when he goes looking for food and she says, we have lots of food. He says, we don't have cheeseburgers. So the sign says that this little diner has Cheeseburgers for sale. I don't know. Last cheeseburgers for 60 miles, Wes. <laughs> I'm going to pass up that kind of opportunity on the road. I do okay. like cheeseburgers, but I don't know if I'd want month-old, no electricity, no refrigerator cheeseburgers. You have a point. But it is that sort of feeling that you can't shake while watching this is if you go off alone, you're going to get killed. If you go into that store, there's going to be ragers. And we sort of get our our prayers answered in a way because he has gone off alone and there is a rager oh yeah amongst the dead bodies including a dead baby is a fucking ninja kid (laughs) yeah that it's so great they they are so clever with sound sometimes i can understand the need to even wanting to put foot padding the kid's not wearing shoes so i could see that then the one you got to have something you got to have something here no it's dry they don't have any noise and it really makes it creepy how fucking quiet these things can be. But ninja kids aside, lids. We got to look at some horses. And Selena's got to have a conversation with Jim. And the idea is this. She has decided that she has changed her mind, at least in part. The reason why the world doesn't seem as though it's over for Frank and Hannah is because they still have each other. And as long as they have that it's easy to see how, okay, it's not totally fucked, at least in that moment. And that becomes something that Selena is very consciously trying to protect at this point. And she sort of, she's now has something to kind of cling to, or at least an idea that she might be able to foster within herself. Because, you know, only a day before she was accusing him of holding out for things like finding a cure or falling in love and fucking. And spitting those words out at him where now she's kind of kissing him on the cheek that same mouth mm-hmm, that same mouth things move fast in the world of 28 days later we're talking about a, tw- a month-long apocalypse so civilizations rise the civilizations fall it's like dog years 
It's like dog years. It's like dog years, yeah. Yeah, things change pretty goddamn fast in this film, that's for sure. It also helps that this infection spreads so goddamn fast. It does. And also the fact that they do a pretty good job with time. You don't really know how long they've been traveling for, but at least a couple of days. Well, they said it would take three days to get to Manchester. So they're on the cusp of that. They're mm -hmm. basically almost there. And guess what? What? Here we are. Manchester. Manchester. Mm -hmm. We're good. The place is hopping. It's hot. It's Oh, that's smoke. That sh fuck, it's completely on fire. Mm -hmm. yeah, all of Manchester is on fire. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They it do is... a good job. And this is a, one of those scenes that you don't need a lot. You don't need a Michael Bay budget to portray the fact that an entire city is on fire. Now, I'm not from the UK, so I don't know what it looks like when you crest that hill and get to see the city in the distance, the way that you get to crest a hill and see the Ottawa in the distance when you're driving here at night and things like that, like a, some familiar landscape. So I don't know how accurate that is, but you can tell there is a city on fire on the horizon mm -hmm. in this. And that's all that you need to telegraph that because they're not going to go there. There's nothing for you there. And that's what happens when fires start to break out and there's no one to put them out. <laughs> now at this point, we've also, one thing that I'll go, I'll go back on for one quick second is the, an, a sequence that I, I do like quite a bit where everyone's going down for the night because this plot point comes out later. It's that Selena's got enough medication in her backpack to house a pharmacy. She's got Valium in there. Yeah, which is nice. And that's the only reason that she can sleep. Because everyone's like, I can't sleep, I can't sleep. And she's like snoring away. And mm -hmm. that's when they discover that she uh, is on Valium, which is smart mm -hmm. on one hand. But then they even point out like, yeah, and you if someone does sneak up and kill you, you won't care. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At this point, this is where Jim has a nightmare. And the nightmare is basically, what if he wakes up by himself again? Then it's Wes's favorite movie ever where he walks around yelling hello. Hello in a field. And and I just really like that. I, that was a sequence I did not remember from the movie, from the first time I ever watched it. And and looking at that, I was I thought to myself, this is just beautiful. And it really illustrates the fears that this the very specific fears that this guy is having. And it's not as though he woke up in a hospital bed and now he's along for the ride and we're done with that portion of the story so we're moving on. This haunts him. And they go back to it again in the in the theatrical cut of this movie for a third time. But for now, in the, in the true ending, there's a they go back to it in a different way. But in in this moment I really liked it. But at any rate, they go to Manchester, the blockade's there, the city's on fire, but the blockade's there. Number 47. Let's go. What do we got here? We got tanks and we, well, we don't have tanks. We have military vehicles and we have a wall and we got barbed wire and we got a mess hall and we got no people. There's no yeah, one. There. No one. <laughs> there is no one there. A couple dead soldiers, actually, and that's it. Not very promising. No, and Selena is already getting squicked out. We need to go like fucking now. Go. Go fucking where? <laughs> Frank rightfully points out. And this is where he we see him lose his temper fully. He's, generally speaking, been a jokey guy, a father figure, not only to Hannah, but to the others. I mean, he's, he's a good deal older than both Jim and uh, Selena. And also, he, he's even comforting Jim when he's having a bad dream. 
oh, I just having a bad dream there. And he's like, thanks, Dad. And he's they're sleeping while he's staying up, keeping watch. He's he's very fatherly, and 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 even I'm gonna take a minute to teach Jim about good whiskey. Yeah, he is very much the 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 father figure and the protector all in one. Like, mm-hmm. and he is soft and hard. Yeah, once, yeah, but, and it, but he's never lost his temper. And, 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 and at this time, he is just lost it he is there's got to be something here something here now my brain is instantly clocking you're at a military blockade you can probably do better than baseball bats and machetes you mean bigger vehicle for crying out loud there's got to be gas in these things you know oh yeah dump out that whiskey fill those bottles with gas mm-hmm. let's go like, resource management west yeah, yeah yeah there's definitely got to be something but here comes one of, in my opinion, the most iconic scenes, mostly because it is a scene that I think about constantly. Back in my martial art days, when I would have an old guy straddling me, one of the things you got to know about these old guys' lids, they fucking sweat like their pores are fire hoses. It <laughs> well, just fucking pour on you like crazy. Really? And holy fuck. When those drops of old man sweat get inside your eyeball, it burns like fucking battery acid. And every single time it happened, I instantly, oh God, I'm getting like gag reflex of it going into my mouth too. And and you instantly get that scene from 28 Days Later where I think, oh shit, a drop of gross corpse blood from a crow is now going to drop into my fucking eyeball. And he has enough time to apologize to Hannah about losing his temper. And he says that he loves her. And then he shoves her. He says, get away from me. Get away from her. And he definitely sees that he's about to turn. And this is where the first time... Now, Jim has killed the ninja boy. No one else from the party knows that. No, but it's nice. It's his own It's his own moment. It's sort of like Will Wheaton's moment with the deer and stand by me. <laughs> That's a fucking deep cut, but you're absolutely right. And this something is, that has deeply cha- character changing, deeply, and experienced entirely alone. Mm-hmm. And he is he is about to. I think he would have attacked, but he did hesitate. He hesitated to make absolutely one hundred percent sure that Frank was going to turn, and he does. But then Frank gets shot and shot and shot and shot and shot. Is this what you would refer to as being lit the fuck up? Lit the fuck up. I purposefully didn't say that because I feel like I've been saying that a lot lately. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. He, Frank does get lit the fuck up. By who? The the, the grassy knoll? Oh, no. <laughs> this, this, is, this is not a grassy knoll. This is not a... This is your fucking weekend warriors. These are military people. They got gas masks on. They got fatigues on. They are using high-powered automatic rifles here's your here's your saviors it's such a pain you know if no one would have turned out of this party these army guys would have just held out in the bushes and just let them come and go and not done a thing or help them or anything but as soon as one of them's turning it's like well i guess we gotta shoot it yeah what assholes i think anyway but i guess the people standing there don't really see that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they come in, and you think maybe the cavalry's here. Maybe they are saved. Here's a semblance of society. They seem to be in control, and they the the Hannah and Selena and Jim are scooped up, and they're taken over to this mansion. 
And they keep reiterating, and, and it is a point, because, like, Jim has shaved by this point, because he was walking off a half-shaved head from whatever head injury he had sustained on his bicycle that ended up in the hospital in the first place. Mm-hmm. He has shaved and cut his hair short, but none of them have had showers, and I know that that would be, like, a number one big commodity. Maybe after a month or two, mm-hmm. you start living Walking Dead style, and you don't really care so much, and you're looking for rivers <laughs> or whatever, but... Uh, at this point, when they're saying, we have a boiler with hot water, you can have a shower. Mm-hmm. It's like Shangri-La. You yeah. know? So they're housed up in this mansion in the countryside. They have hot water. They have food. It is safe. That's an invitation. Isn't it? There's We, we immediately, upon first meeting them, there is a there are signs... That something is amiss. For starters... What do you mean? Protection, sanitation, sustenance? Colonel Kurtz? I mean, Major West? <laughs> Major West definitely seems like a career soldier. He seems welcoming, but authoritative. This isn't a Day of the Dead type situation with roads. You think... But the first sign that these people are kind of undisciplined, kind of untrained... They're screwing around with their car. Nah, boys will be boys, Wes. Boys will be boys. I suppose. There seems to be a group of nine of these men. There doesn't really seem to be anybody else. They have this place pretty fortified, but there's just nine of them. And they do have clean sheets. They do have boiling water. They do have food. But what I love about this, now looking at it, is I love the look on Selena's face in every single scene of this place. She is not fucking feeling it. And I, and on top of the fact that Hannah's father has just died and mm-hmm. she's broken about that because of the fact that now Hannah, she it's, it's like that, that the one fucking thing that Hannah had to make it all not fucked. And that thing that Selena was now clinging to yeah, is gone. And, and in a way, Selena has just been proven right but she doesn't want to be proven Proven right. right in the worst way because it's like bad enough that I thought the world was fucked and that I don't want anyone to drag me down and that I will kill anyone in a heartbeat. Now I have to watch this like what 12 year old girl live this reality that mm-hmm. I've just barely come to grips to and come to grips to in the angriest fashion. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. I have to watch her go from fairly protected and not full of hatred quite yet and fairly rational to God knows what this world's mm-hmm. going to do to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a, you can almost mistake it for mother instincts, but I think it's just not wishing your own life on your worst enemy. Exactly, I think you're right with that, and and I also think that we're now seeing, you know, Wes has a, has a frank conversation, but this isn't what you were expecting, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you wanted helicopters, you yeah. wanted safety. You wanted safety and all we can offer you. You want a cure. Yeah, a cure. But why would they? Why would this broadcast say they have a cure, Lydia, if there is no cure? And they didn't even say the cure. They said the answer to the infection, right? That's so right. It's all in the phrasing. It's all in the phrasing. And they do have an answer for infection, but it's all about rebuilding. It's the idea that this place is fucked. And we're going to rebuild it from the ashes. And West's, uh, uh, his point of view is that it's nothing's really changed. It's people killing people, right? 
The only difference is that when he would look at the eyes of an infected, he sees that they are futureless. They don't want food. They don't want structures to live in. They mm -hmm. don't want to learn things. All they have is rage. They're completely futureless. But what people are left are no more or less futureless than they had been before. They can carry on. They can build shelter. They can cook food. And they want to do these things. They're, they definitely have a future. Mm -hmm. They procreate. Well, I mean, it takes two to tango, Lydia, with procreation, right? Yes. I'll say yes, because they have no test tubes. Right. And so, well, where we, what's a group of nine men supposed to do except wait to die themselves? Put guns in their mouths. Put guns in their mouths. The only way that he could keep his men's morality together is if you were to promise them women. As a cure for the infection, because aside from some of them being a little rapey, yeah. I will, like, to be polite, I mm. will call him a little rapey. Uh, he never once says, like, I, I, they, they demanded women for sex. No. They never once said he had a gun in his mouth because he couldn't get his nuts off. Like, it wasn't that they needed to fuck. It was that they were that full of hopelessness. Mm -hmm. So you can't walk into these scenes thinking like, well, the whole point of this was just to rape chicks. No, the point of this was to procreate and rebuild no matter who liked their tactic or not, mm -hmm. which does turn into very rapey fucking behavior. But yeah, one of them is, is it wasn't is sexual rapey. frustration driving these men. Yeah. It was a stronghold, fucking totalitarian grip on procreation. Every instinct Selena has is to get the fuck out of there, especially since when a bunch of ragers do attack the compound, they get killed, no problem. There's landmines, there's soldiers with guns trained at them, so they die. But one of the soldiers comes back full of bravado, just killed somebody and takes her machete away from her. That machete is basically an extension of her arm. Totally. And she's sort of stunned, though, by this behavior because no one has grabbed anyone's weapons. Mm -hmm. You don't do that to people in this day and age. But the way that he is looking at her and the way that she fits into his now worldview, yeah, she's stunned by this, though. Mm -hmm. So it's not that she gives up her weapon at all. She's just completely stunned. Yeah, and Jim has something to say about it. And then one of those other soldiers. There's one soldier that is not part of that. He seems... A little older and wiser. Yeah, a little... Like I said, another career soldier. Yeah. And he even philosophizes about the fact that the human race has really only existed on Earth for a fraction of the Earth's entire lifespan. So if the human race were to die out, it really is kind of going back to the status quo of the Earth. Yeah, so but one way to heal the Earth entirely is yeah. to get rid of people. I've heard this from countless others, too. Yeah, Farrell is my favorite mm -hmm. of the army guys. Yeah, yeah, he's a good character. I like him quite a bit. And he basically stops them from attacking Jim further once they started doing, he breaks everything up. But now it's about West comes in and it's about re regaining order and give people or soldiers when soldiers are acting unruly, give them orders, give them something to do. And that's how he's going to... He doesn't chastise them at all for this near sex assault that could have happened. Mm -hmm. uh, doesn't chastise them for beating up on Jim. No. He's, you know, you go do this, you go do that, and get those bodies off the front lawn. Mm -hmm. And it comes to the matter of 
Jim, come here. Let's go have a let's go have a manly talk in my mansion office now, and we're gonna just really discuss what's going to happen here. And Jim has a choice. He can be in on it. You can be part of this, or you can not. And when Jim tries to get Selena and Hannah out of that fucking building ASAP and just, we'll make it on our own. What Anything's better than this. It's not going to happen. They He gets attacked and, you know, the soldiers are getting, are training guns on each other because uh, Farrell is not interested in doing this fucking shit at all. This is not what he fucking signed up for. Or if he did, not like this. Or maybe he's having second thoughts. He is a soldier. They have a duty to protect people. And this is not taking people against their will to to restart the human race. You, you're, kill, you're kidding yourself. And he doesn't want to necessarily be that guy who just stands there and goes along with it. Or he could be that guy that just says, I'm going to go on mailer duty and uh, you guys can just go do what you're going to do and I'll be back for dinner and then I'll go uh, watch mailer again. Because we neglected to mention mailer, my most favorite uh, soldier. That's right. I did say that there was nine men at this compound. Inaccurate. There are ten. Mm-hmm. He's not really a man anymore, though, is he? He is a rager and they're being... This is the closest thing that they can do to study what these things are. None of these people are fucking scientists. Mm-hmm. They probably have basic med training that you would get in the military. But the idea that that West is most interested in is how long does it take these things to starve to death? Mm-hmm. So he has one of his men who got turned two days before chained up in a courtyard, uh, which is adorable because that's the other thing i think about in the zombocalypse is not only how much fun i'll have throwing molotov cocktails now thank you 28 days later but Mm -hmm. how would i procure a zombie pet or would there be a spot where i can observe them like that would they get trapped like i like the idea of having them in the swimming pool because you have like a little zombie collection and you can Mm -hmm. just watch them like uh, seahorses but mailer would be so fun but i would be so tempted to throw him food I really would. Mm-hmm. He's he's kind of adorable. And he's puking blood like a motherfucker. He just jet pukes blood all day. I'm surprised he hasn't died already. Yeah, that's a, that's the other thing. They bleed so much from their from vomiting out blood that you would wonder and 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 that's the other thing. What do they subsist on because of the we can go a while without eating, but we can't go that long without water. So and they're puking up so much blood. Yeah. So you would think that they would die in a couple of days from dehydration. Yeah, and but Mailer looks pretty full of energy after two days of peeking he out does. blood nonstop. But he is pulling out his chain and stuff like that, which I, I really like Mailer. Yeah, and he's he, got the most adorable pet zombie name ever. He, he does. Mm. But, so that's our whole cast of current characters, but... It also sort of like you're not going to play along and there's no real room for you. There's nine dudes and two girls. And that's the part that is very the most squicky out of it. Mm-hmm. It's like they have their plans for Selena. She is, uh, can bear children. I don't even think. I don't even think that Hannah is physiologically capable of bearing children. And that's yeah. just very sad the, where they're going to go with this. So they've decided to walk Jim out into the bushes. Mm-hmm. Jim and Farrell, because he's not playing along either. Mm-hmm. And after they beat him down and they chain him up, they, they basically take him up back and they're going to shoot him and leave him in the body pile. Of Seems a... they've been doing this uh, quite often because there is a body pile in this area. And I don't know if they're people that don't agree with their ways or if they're just, this is where we dump the infected that come onto our property. I don't know which it is. Looks like a mix. 
Yeah, hard to say, but this is definitely our shoot pile. And that's what's going to happen. You fucking take out our most rapey of rapey soldiers, couple them with Gomer Pyle. Then you have fucking Farrell and Jim coming out. Now, one of them wants to stab Farrell because this is the person that Farrell had like hit with the butt of his gun earlier. And so he probably has a, a grudge against him. Yeah, a little vendetta for Rapey McRaperson. I, get, I didn't catch that soldier's name, so I'm just going to call him Rapey. There's a shaved-headed soldier that we'll talk about in a bit whose yeah. name I didn't catch in Rapey. Rapey and Gomer Pyle is, is the cook slash the greenest of the recruits. And he always seems to just like fuck up and make mistakes and shit like that. That's He's why he... from the goof troop. <laughs> he wears an apron. He really does. And so what this guy does is he decides, I'm just going to shoot Farrell. And he shoots it without Rapey's permission. And, and so it causes a distraction. Jim uses this distraction to get away. Dodges bullet fire. Jumps over a fucking jumps brick barbed wire wall fence. Has barbed wire at the top. Yeah, got no fucking shirt on, and he's just lying there, exhausted. Doesn't really know what to do. But hark, what doth his eyes detect? A metal bird. That's like a herald angel. I wonder how many people didn't catch that. You know, the very first time I saw it, I was like, "Oh God, okay, there's civilization." And my second thought was like, "Can radios fly planes? Maybe this is how it spread." Oh fuck. And, like, I still, every time I see this, I think, can rangers fly planes? Do you think that maybe, how would you like that if this was a secret Christmas movie and he gets inspired because he sees Santa Claus that's just going over the earth? Ho, ho, ho. Everything's fucked. You could, you could pretty much, like, um, CG and anything you want in the sky there, the way he's looking at it. <laughs> but it is such a short little scene that I could see people not not really catching on mm-hmm. to what his big desire is. And he doesn't really articulate that he saw a plane in the sky later on when he's given the chance to and when it becomes very important to. Um, he's, he mutters something about having seen it in the sky. What it is, he doesn't say. Um, which is just weird that they make it so subtle. But there is so much about this that is so subtle that you have to be pretty goddamn caught up into this situation to be clinging on to these things as they're revealed to you as an audience member, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do like that because it does seem almost like he's barely escaped by the skin on his back. And then this hope just sort of floats across screen for a second. So and- he does have something really tangible to fight for, not just rescue the girls. Right, and this is where Jim changes from meek bike courier to Billy fucking badass. Billy badass, I like that. That's a good name for him, and it's not like so abrupt either. I, I do like this journey, and I usually like poo poo a lot of like archetypal heroes' journeys, stories, and stuff like that because they are just so paint by numbers. Uh, but he does have his Will Wheaton moment, which is what I'll always remember it as now with the ninja ninja rager kid. Um, so it is gradual and he is learning about this new way he's going to have to be. And boy, does this fit him well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He manages to get everyone's attention by going back to the blockade and doing the sounding off the crank siren. Yeah. The klaxon. Yeah. 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 Which I, I thought, you know what? They could just be like, Oh, it must be Jim. Cause he escaped and he's sounding the air raid siren. So who cares? Let him wind that thing till he passes out. Mm-hmm. Why they go to go get him. I'm not really sure. Cause 
they have already said like, oh, he's gone over the wall. He's as good as dead. Mm-hmm. Well, you never know. It's an unknown. It's an unknown and may as well wrap it up in a neat little package. West thinks he's going to take care of himself. He takes patch hair and they goes, but man, Jim fucking kills one of them. And then not only that, but like he's Jason fucking <laughs> Voorhees, yeah. he arranges the body to sit up in the car. We get a corpse posing as a decoy. <laughs> yeah. That is Jason Voorhees. That's not even 101. That is a Jason Voorhees advanced elective. <laughs> Body posing your advanced elective with Professor Voorhees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's pretty fucking great. And this is when West knows things are fucked, but he's got to get back. And, well, Jim's already on his way yeah, back. He's slippery fast. He has no shirt on. He moves way faster through the trees. And Aer- the aerodynamic, brush. plus it's wet. But not only that, but West is a little fucking preoccupied. <laughs> that Claxon signed... Uh, that Claxon... Got a lot of Rager's attention. Yeah, which I'm surprised the car alarm at the very beginning of the film in the middle of London didn't attract Rager's, but this air raid siren definitely does. Naked Rager's. Mm, naked Rager's. Now, they had mentioned because of the fact that Manchester is on fire, most of the Rager's, the infected, left the cities. Now, this is another thing that would differentiate them from proper undead. It's because of the fact that, okay, well, they don't like fire. They're, like, moving away from it. Now, in Romero's original Night of the Living Dead, that was also something that happened. But somehow, that got lost. And and zombies just became indifferent to fucking everything. And now we have... Now we have this again where, okay, they're leaving the cities to avoid getting damaged. They, sent, they have some idea of self-preservation. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this is what's going to keep West busy while, oh shit, here comes Jim. What's his first order of business? Rescue the girls. Close. He's going to rescue his new fucking sidekick. And that helps rescue the girls. That's right, it does. Because yeah, I'd, I'd free mailer too. Like, fucking right, I'd free mailer. Although that is a real crazy chaos fucking method. It's unleash the chaos and then try and work with it. Uh, although he is, you know, really determined. He knows that the girls are more than fucking capable. And if they're alive this long and unraped at this point, then they're going to probably do pretty okay for themselves. So he's putting a lot of his um, chips on that. That's right. And he can definitely count on Selena because she is a fucking survivor. Now, they want them to dress in these nice... you got to dress up in these fucking ball gowns. Yeah, which was sort of an, 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 an unexpected ask. From these guys on my part but i mean it's resource management west and they've got these dresses the lady of the house had a fine wardrobe apparently yeah they none of them can use them but you guys can and we want to gussy you up yeah which is uh, one of the creepier angles oh, the it's... whole idea is pretty creepy but this is the creepiest angle oh, yeah. that they want to they want to rape a child basically who can't i'm positive she can't even have children it's hard to say i don't know how old she's supposed to she be she never said if she had a period or anything and no one asked yeah they should have asked unless mm-hmm. they're those kind of guys that aren't sure that there's you know a separate uh hole for urination you know those sorts of guys yeah. that don't even really know female physiology um so that wasn't something that was addressed but it's something that's definitely on my mind because she doesn't quite look like she could be childbearing but she doesn't quite look like she is um 
But yeah, I think he's also putting chips on the fact that they have treated Mailer pretty badly. And they all treat each other pretty fucking badly. And if Mailer wasn't one of the biggest, toughest guys, like shaved-headed and rapey, um, he probably would have some sort of vendetta. Mm -hmm. So they might be a little bit safer. Even though he's a rager and he's just going to kill pretty much anybody, they Mm -hmm. might be a little safer because he might go for the brass. And he seems to because he sees Jim. He seems to understand that his chain is free. And instead of going to the... We've seen all of these other ragers go to the immediate thing. The first thing that they see that is attackable, they will attack it. But this time he stops. Maybe because Jim is up on a high wall. So it's it seems maybe inaccessible. We've seen these things stop running when people drive away in a car. So they're just, well, I'll never catch that. So yeah. I'm going to stop running now. So I'm wondering if it is that. But no, Mailer goes into the fucking mansion. And here's the best thing about it. If, he, if Jim is super unlucky, they'll pop this guy off in two they'll seconds. They'll see him coming and just shoot him. Yeah. But if he's very lucky... Soon he'll have more than one fucking rager. And that is definitely what happens because Selena uses her wiles, her brain. She tricks these boys. I'm going to kiss you and say, okay, fine. You want us to get dressed? You're going to get dressed, but you got to leave the room. Now, her plan at this point is I'm just going to pump us so full of Valium that we're not going to care what's happening to us. And so she feeds Hannah a bunch of volume. They're not into that, though. No, the army guys come back and stop this. I don't mostly. know if they think it's death pills. Oh, you're going to take all these pills and die? Or they're just like, no, I want you sober. Otherwise, it's not right. I don't no, know. I think that they, they were worried that they were uh, suiciding. That's yeah. So, but at that point, holy shit, it doesn't matter. Mailer's in the house. The hizzy, as they say. And man, the first one to get it is old button hat. Old button hat. Yeah, he's got that funky hat He's on got that stupid hat. fucking hat. Those, There's got to be something wrong with this guy hat. And it's got buttons all over it. And yeah, he's fucked. And he gets puked all over. And man, now there are two. And this is where the ladies got a fucking... They have a new problem on their hand. But in a way... They're a lot more adaptable at getting rid of these guys. One of the problems with the soldiers is not so much that there's nine of them and they're, you know, big, tough soldiers, you know, whatever. It's the fact that they're armed most of the time. And once they're a rager, they're now they're unarmed. They're fucking dangerous and super infectious. But I mean, this is old hat for Selena. She knows how to fucking deal with ragers. Yeah. All they know is to point a gun and shoot whether it's human or not. You know, it has the same end game, but they don't know how to cope without it. At mm-hmm. all. And they don't seem to understand that people are going to try and escape from them. Mm-hmm. They they just think that the person will be in the room. They heard them in last. So there's a few instances where they go into a room and the person's not there anymore. And then they're just sort of like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, one is where Jim uses a false door, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Because it isn't a big old mansion. Of course, it's going to have secret tunnels and stuff. He uses a false door, which is fucking cool and sneaky mm-hmm. that he even noticed it. Mm-hmm. And the other one is Hannah ends up in a room alone. And just when you think she's going to get attacked by a rager, the rager bursts in the room and she's gone. Oh, well, where could she be? On the back of this massive mirror. Yeah, thank God for old stately belongings because it supports her just hanging on with her tips of her fingers mm-hmm. like she's rock climbing on the back of this mirror and to hold this huge ball gown she's been forced to wear off mm-hmm. the floor and out of sight. But the rager comes up to the mirror and 
in on one respect, you think, okay, is he, can he sniff her out? Is he listening? Can he hear the rustling? But no, he's studying his own reflection mm-hmm. for even mm-hmm. a moment in mm-hmm. the mirror. That's that scene I was talking about where I'm almost, it, he can recognize himself, oh, but he's saying, oh, look, there's someone that's infected. Oh, God, that's me. I'm infected. Uh, and then, anyway, yeah. Carry on then. Cheerio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thought I heard somebody in the hall. <laughs> <laughs> Off to the drawing room. Keep angry and carry on. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So she uh, is safe at that point because they're all just a little bit smarter than these raging ragers. Mm. Especially since you have people like old Gomer Pyle there screaming through the fucking hallways running away yeah now and and while the other boys are trying to figure out what the f is happening i mean these guys are dropping like fucking flies not to mention the fact i mean one of them is hiding in the kitchen while there's uh, like two of the ragers just break this other guy's fucking neck i love this scene it's super gushy and then we have now jim jim the fucking commando jim the ninja jim Jim slipping through windows like a ninja holy fuck now like sticking one of like a pile as he runs around the corner, right? Just jabs him right in the chest. And you're like, holy fuck, whoever's not infected in this building is now pretty much dead. There's one more soldier that Jim encounters while he's in there. And he's, I got no fucking bullets. And he's, I like it. He's, I'm pushing the bed in front of this door. And when he pushes the bed in front of the door, there was a guy hiding behind <laughs> the fucking bed. Which at first you think it was a rager hiding, but like ragers don't hide. They don't need to hide. So Jim slips out the window and the other guy gets it. Yeah. And it's crazy how that guy is just terrified. And it really shows you, oh yeah, these were not career soldiers. This guy is fucking panicking. He doesn't have bullets in his gun. So his survival mode is non-existent non-fucking-existent. He doesn't know what to do. And I would just be, oh, don't leave. Don't go without me. I would just be, do get up on your feet. Follow that guy. No, too scared. I like, a lot of this is films in the dark. Like, granted, it's nighttime, Mm -hmm. it's raining, there's no electricity. Uh, But it's a really good choice as far as not hiding the uh, low-budget nature of Mm -hmm. the lack of effects they have effects on their eyes and you smear someone's blood and make them look angry is all you Mm -hmm. need to Mm -hmm. fulfill the role of a rager but it makes it all the more brutal because Mm -hmm. they are you know shadow they're the amount of shadow play in these scenes where the ragers are attacking people or people are being attacked by ragers uh is very tense and very scary and you've got this creeping um soundtrack the song leading into uh coming crescendo so this track by john murphy is iconic i have seen people lift this track for all kinds of stuff for kickstarter campaigns for youtube amvs for all kinds of stuff people lift this track it is instantly recognizable it's called in the house in a heartbeat yeah and and even high school of the dead has he lifted it in an iconic scene near the in the first episode on the rooftop and and so you so people have been lifting this track all over the place, and it, it is fucking so gorgeous. It 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 is scored so well. The music in this movie, all in all, is very good, but this track is haunting. It is ramping up, and as this song ramps up, the scenes are ramping up, the danger is wrapping up. It's such a good song that it's hard to hear it without envisioning this and without feeling this sort of tension there's even a, there's a remix on the latest Siva 6 album uh which gives it lyrics and stuff and it doesn't quite 
do what this does, but listening to it, you get, you know, the reasonable facsimile of the feelings that you get watching this scene or these scenes, because it is kind of, it's a very long lead into the yeah. two car pileup. Yes, yes, yes. And, and I do really fucking love it. The, this, to me, one of the things I will say, even when I thought I didn't like this movie, one of the things that I would say, boo, but I like that song. That's a really good track. It's a mm-hmm. great soundtrack tune. I like, you know, the darkness, the shadow play, the light, the lightning flashing, the rain, the oh, yeah. sound of this music that's yeah, I, slowly ramping up, the girls running around in these blood red ball gowns, oh God, and so Jim funny. wearing nothing but blood, basically. Blood and jeans, I guess. But just that duality between them just barely rushing around the house and just barely making it themselves Mm -hmm. and him just barely being able to pick off who he can and just get other people into a situation that they can't get out of with a rager Mm -hmm. with all this blood and light and dark going on. It's, Mm It's such a simple setup it really is a very simple setup but just so goddamn effective Mm -hmm. this entire sequence is brilliant and i feel almost embarrassed that i didn't like it before because this whole thing the 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 soundtrack the 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 deconstruction of this small group of soldiers jim's performance hannah being stoned out of her mind through these scenes adding just just a, a classy little bit of fucking comedy and almost whimsy when she's walking down hallways she's yeah. sort of like i'm just gonna toddle off this way yeah and jim even asking her at one point like are you stoned and yeah glassy yeah. eyes. i feel and... all right really yeah you know it's it's fucking great and and so west is back this is where he finds his comrade on the ground and, he, and he's been stabbed and the, the, the guy says, i'm sorry i'm sorry you know again he's he was the resident fuck up and he fucked up again. First it was the eggs. Now it's this. And, and also because he shot Farrell, this is how Jim got away in the first place. And now everything's gone wrong. And their idea of rebuilding society is just not going to happen. It looks like West is out for fucking blood, but guess what? There's a lot of things in this fucking mansion out for blood and (laughs) arguably the most dangerous Jim himself, because man, this guy is stalking his final prey like nothing else. And what happens in this sequence, in my estimation, if they ever do a, th- a third one, I guarantee you it's going to be in it. But what happens in this sequence is what randomly is a staple of this franchise. Thumbs in the eyes. Thumbs in the eyes. And I like it that it's ironically, because it's not a zombie movie. I keep reminding myself of this. But it's the only time that anyone ever attempts to kill a brain and it happens to be an all too and sadly human brain Mm -hmm. that gets killed in Mm -hmm. this fashion because that's definitely where your eyes lead to, right? Uh, And Jim doesn't just, you know, stick his thumbs in his eyes and, you know, use that as like you would to uh, send the skull crashing toward your knee Mm -hmm. or use it to pin him up against the wall or use it as a convenient handle to throw him out a window. Mm -hmm. He just sticks his thumbs into this man's eye. This is a savage fight. And meanwhile, Selena is looking, looking at Jim do this. And this is so beautifully done because... You want to talk about we were talking about training Busan. What's the difference between a screaming child and and uh, these zombies? What is the difference between Jim shirtless, covered in blood, bashing a man's head against a wall as buckets of blood pour out, then bringing him down to the ground 
while this man is screaming, uh, the scream that you would hear from me if yeah. thumbs were in my eyes. Yeah. And and killing him with your bare hands, what's the difference between him and the rage zombie? And she hesitates because she grabs that machete and he's huffing his chest, looking at him. And he looks fucking infected and the lighting is covering his eyes. Yeah, so you can't quite see. Um you know, to give her the benefit of the doubt, it's the fact that he didn't just attack her. He's not really... Exi- he hesitates, too, you know, because he's not going to kill her. So it yeah. would appear that he's a rager hesitating. Mm-hmm. But, of course she hesitates. Because mm-hmm. he's hesitating, you know? Mm-hmm. But- and then when he goes for her, she raises that machete. And we've seen her do this before. And then the light hits and you can see his eyes. They're not red. And he just says... That was more than a heartbeat. Yeah. Adorable stuff. Adorable um, stuff. And they had these moments of intimacy before. No sex, but like some very sort of savage kissing. And and then she just gets away. It's usually when everything's all fucked and falling apart. Although he did get a cutesy kiss earlier. Yeah, a little kiss on the cheek. But yeah, he tried, like he did give her an actual full-on kiss that sent her out of the room because that's just too much. It's, it's just too much. This is not right. And, and I don't want to have this even though she's feeling it this is no because i cloud her judgment i was already almost lulled into a false sense of security where i thought okay here's this daughter and father here's my guy i'd like him he likes me we can try to rebuild we can do it this way and then now frank's dead and their saviors are a liar and they're trying to rebuild the world in a horrific way and if this is what's left of society, what the fuck? And if this is all Hannah has to look for, what the fuck? Even with all of that aside, having a guy who wants to make out is a huge distraction. So fuck Exactly, exactly. So, at any rate, now they're back and Hannah's there and it's all about getting the F out of here. They still have ragers all over the place. It's cute that they are kissing and when Hannah walks in, she uh, hits him over the head with the bottle. <laughs> to knock him out because she thinks that he, she's biting him. But she's stoned, so she doesn't, like, attack him, attack him. She just yeah. hits him over the head with a bottle. She said, I'm helping. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very cute. Mm-hmm. And again, a little bit of comedy after, not a lot, just a little bit of levity after we just saw a man get his head bashed against a wall several times and his eyes gouged out. Yeah. It's time to just, all right, let's recollect. And they try to get out of the building, get down to the car, but... West is nothing if not a smart person. Why go chasing them all over the house when the the way that they will escape the building is right here? So I'll wait. And like a goddamn Bond villain, he's sitting in the car. <laughs> yeah. Shoots Jim right in the tummy. Right mm-hmm. in the tum-tum. That's a painful way to go. And I love how Hannah takes charge of this situation. Gets into the fucking car backs the vehicle up all the way to the fucking front door. And just lets Mailer basically bash his way through that back window. Mm. Um, it's not like she's she seems to be very savvy when it comes to vehicles and very quick thinking. And yeah, she's stoned out of her mind on volume right now and uh, able to do some probably complex algebra. And that's really about it. Mm. So it is like a really good quick thinking on her part. And just sort of the way that she tends to think. I like how they left the uh, changing of the car tire 
mm-hmm. to Hannah as well, which is just crazy. But yeah, it, I guess it just goes to show you that she does seem to be maybe her father was saying, "Hey, this is important stuff for people to know." So I'm going to make sure that you know this. But or if she's a tomboy and just has a natural inclination to this sort of thing. But yeah, she helps them off west, basically. What or not west? That's she me. helps them off west, basically, by delivering him to the Raiders in the house. I like it. I mean, right now, Selena is tending to Jim. They get Jim into the car, and then they basically have to crash through the fucking gate. Just gun it. Just fucking go. And then... It's a quick, almost hip-hop montage of a hospital, and I like this four-second sequence, which really relays everything you need to know. Mm-hmm. And, and then, as it happens several times in this movie, Jim wakes up. 28 days later. Mm-hmm. And this is where we find a cottage. We find Selena sewing away, sewing like the wind, and they're writing hello. I mean, they could have just written help or wrote a bit a big X just to. I was trying to remember where it was that. Um, I don't remember what show it might have been where someone had written hello instead of help, and their reasoning behind it was like, well. If- People will think they need to come and help us. If we put hello, they might think that we have resources and things like that. And they'll, they're more apt to come. If we need help, they'll probably pass us by. Mm-hmm. So that's the thinking behind the hello, I think. Yeah, that maybe that maybe is a good idea. But at any rate, now it's time to get the parachutes out. I don't know where they got all this fabric. It looks like parachute fabric to me, but mm-hmm. hard to say. They could have gotten it from everywhere. It looks like they're fucking like tear down a circus. I don't know, but... Rescue's coming over the hill, and we've also seen that West's theory is correct. Because as a as a jet flies over the lands, we see the Ragers are so weak from hunger they can't move. One of them basically just dies. Yeah, dies of starvation. They're not feeding themselves. They got nothing to eat. They're dehydrated. They die, and so it's kind of one of those situations where eh, this problem kind of takes care of itself. For the most part, yes, definitely. Who knows if it could spring up again? Uh, if they yeah. successfully tracked back to what we got to see in the beginning of where this came from. And if that has been eradicated or identified, or if it was even identified when it happened, if it was completely man-made, is it biowarfare? Is this going to all happen again? Thank mm-hmm. God for sequels. But, like, the fact that the plane flies right by, and it seems to have done this often, mm-hmm. or they're getting used to, like, where the planes fly. They are obviously looking for survivors. And the words, uh, what I thought was German, but according to the internet, is Finnish. They send a helicopter for them. Nice. So help is on the way. Yeah. Or an alternative ending is on the way. That is true. Now, this movie, like a goddamn choose-your-own-adventure book, has got a lot of ways of looking at it. We watched two of the sequences. We watched the DVD that came out, you know, whenever the DVD came out, probably not too long after the movie, and that has the alternate endings. Now, originally, as people might know, this film had one of the sequences at the end of the credits, a post-credit scene. Just to remind you that Marvel did not invent them. Now, that scene is what the creators claim to be in their estimation, the true ending of this movie. But it tested poorly because I guess people thought that they were, the women were marching off to their deaths. They didn't see that. The creators said, well, they're marching off and they're going to survive because they're survivors. And then people were saying, no, 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 everyone's dying. This movie's too sad. So they had this instead. I don't know which I prefer. I do like the, the, the quote unquote true ending quite a bit. I like them both in their own ways. 
so it's great if if you if you're overly sentimental person and you want Jim to survive, you, this that's the one that comes on the DVD. But if you like your endings with a little bit more bite and the way that a lot of apocalypse movies end, this is the ending in which we go to the hospital and Slim tries, boy she tries. But Hannah points out rightfully. I don't know what any of this stuff is. We're not doctors. This is a bullet wound to the abdomen. This is a very serious injury. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, Jim dies on the slab. And they have to walk away from Jim. And Jim is where he started. In a hospital. Forgotten. Yeah. Whereas these two women, armed and dangerous in ball gowns, it's a fucking cool image. It's like a comic book image. It's a very walking. cool image, but you know they couldn't have even gotten away with the uh, with bringing Jim around and yeah. securing that room and going out to look and see what their next move is and still be envisioned going down the hallway instead of being homemakers having recuperated for twenty eight days in a countryside cottage, mm-hmm. which is really almost too idyllic even for me. I like the theatrical ending. Mm-hmm. I do. Uh, it is just a little bit too idyllic when you have your counterpart of these two badass chicks. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But it is a little too bleak because Jim had done so goddamn well. Yeah. And bullet wound to the gut. Like, people survive bullet wound to the gut. It's it's a very long... It's a, it, it's a very painful way to go, but yeah. you can last a long time from that wound. And yeah. Yeah. So it's not that it's unrealistic by any means. I'm not a doctor either. But, like... Maybe they could have gone digging around for it. And Jim's a hearty dude. Like this yeah. is a dude that got into an accident, had brain surgery, was left unattended for a month yeah. in a coma, and managed to not die. Yeah. And then managed to survive all this time, killed a bunch of soldiers. So maybe he's weakened now that you put it all that way. To yeah. Me. But yeah. either way, it it it. And I'm not normally the person to say anything's too bleak, but I would have to agree with the original you know, opinion group Mm -hmm. that it is a little bit too much. And I think that it serves everything well. You know what it is? It's the iconography of these two women in blood red dresses. I love it. I love, I love that aspect of the ending. Yeah. And all they, all they had to do is have Jim take a breath Mm -hmm. and then the girls can go, they, they're they're free to walk away Mm -hmm. and leave him. Maybe mm-hmm. not forever, but maybe forever. Who knows? Mm-hmm. This could also be Selena's being like, you know what? You're too much trouble, boy. You're breathing? That's good enough for me. See ya the fuck later. And Hannah being like, I'm stoned. Yeah. And the, the the other ending that we have is basically the cottage ending. But in this version, Jim is dead. Mm-hmm. It's he, just he didn't survive, which is fine too. But I, I definitely, it's the one I like the least. There's also the the radical ending. We didn't watch it, but I have seen it. It's all just in storyboards, and it's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Are, do you, are you aware of this ending? It's a dream sequence ending, isn't it? It comes back to a hospital dream. I'm pretty sure it's it is reality because the creator said they didn't do it because it didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But what it is is just for the audience to know is the fact that Frank doesn't die and or does get infected. The soldiers never show up. The soldier sequence is removed entirely from that this point. They find the original center in Cambridge from some twist of the imagination where this thing happened. And there's a scientist closed off, fortified with food and shit to survive. He says there is a cure, a complete blood transfusion that Jim also miraculously is a match for Frank. And so they do that. 
and Jim ends up staring at this bank of monitors that's the same thing the ape was watching all these images of violence and all this kind of shit whereas Selena and Hannah and now the cured Frank are hiding away in this place with the scientist and I guess and that's and it ends on Jim watching these monitors but the the creator said that we can't do it because we've already established that one drop of blood in it's will infect you so unless you could drain someone's blood and bleach all of their veins somehow it doesn't make a lick of sense but that was something that they were toying with and they never got it never got beyond storyboards good yeah because it, it is too weird it's super but it does kind of remind me of compounds and, and scenes from walking dead mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. with scientists that have yeah that was in season one yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. Crazy. Well, I'm glad that you've revisited this, and I'm glad that you don't hate it. Not that you hated it, but you weren't impressed by it. But I'm yeah. glad that you've been, had a chance to become re-impressed by this film. Mm-hmm. I'm very impressed by this movie. I think that people are right to really love it. It deserves all the praise. And I and and again, I'm going to chop it up to me being younger and being a bit of a contrarian. And when everyone likes something, I naturally. I try not to do this as much anymore, but when I was younger, I was a piece of shit, and I just was like, if you like something, I fucking hate it. So, um, is and so I, I just, I was wrong. There's no other way to say it. I was wrong, and I'm glad I was wrong. And, and I guess my only advice to people is when you go into certain movies, always go in with your best foot forward and, and, and try to think you'll like it. And, and even if you think you don't like something, give it one more again. Everything's worth a second pass. My advice to people is never go home in the middle of an apocalypse. If you can hardly save yourself, don't don't go home. I mean, it literally cost Mark his life. That he he wanted to go visit his dead parents. Yeah, and then all of that was Jim's fault. I'm I'm surprised no one ever called him on that. You know, because you had no, your slap across the head. Yeah, because my friend's dead because you and your stupid. Although I don't even feel as though to me it's kind of Selena met Mark. And she was probably traveling with somebody else, and that person died, and now she's with Mark. And then if Jim were to die, she would have moved on. So it's, it's again, it's just constantly rotating out people. And so I wouldn't even say, for a while there, I wouldn't even say that they were friends. It was just... Well, Mark was probably paying her in, like, Twinkies or something. Yeah, and, and again, Protect it's safer. Me. It's safer with, with two people as opposed to one. Yeah. Yeah. Someone yeah. to watch while you try and collect razor blades. So what do we got next for him? Coming up next, we have Friday the 13th. Oh my God. Yeah. Friday the 13th. You guys are going to be so fucking excited. It's a Friday the 13th. It's a special request. We're doing it outside of October. Commentary track only because it's my birthday and I'm a big fucking baby and I make people do what I want. And that's fine. And it is a commentary track only because it is such a big movie and... That's the only real way to do those. Yeah, and 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 so I like for our next episode, have your copies of Friday the Thirteenth Part One ready to go. We are gonna talk up and down this entire movie, scene by fucking scene. I'm gonna dish on a bunch of trivia that I know off the top of my head, but just in case, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch it again. <laughs> Well, no, I think you would be fine. I think you would be a fine impingement. In fact, we're going to record it right now. Go. Oh, my God. I think you'd be fine. And it'll also keep our time in check. That's the part that pleases me. Yeah, you know what? It's going to be a tight episode. Yeah. (laughs) I'm Wes Knight. And I'm Typical Lydia. And you've been listening to Dead Air.